Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. But um, I think the thing that strikes me the most is that you've spoken about holy love, right? And when we talk about holy, we mean set apart. It's a love that's set apart. And I love the, the fact that you use the word fragile, that it's, that it's influenced by the experiences that we've had. So I want you to share a little bit about your experiences of love. You're married with two kids, one on the way, catching up with Amal. My experiences, oh wow. Hi everybody. It's very difficult to come from worship to sitting on a, on a couch session, kind of, uh, but I will do it. Um, because I love you, Luke. <laughs> so we're speaking relationship-wise now. Hey? So I... I actually grew up not far from here in Plettenberg Bay, down the road, and um, I had one girlfriend before my wife. I, I've been married now for 11 years, um, and I, I think you know, that, that first relationship would be defined as constantly walking on the edge of boundaries. Um, we both loved God, we both served God, but we especially when it came to physical affection, we were constantly camping on that boundary. Um, and I think, sadly, that came to define that relationship. Um, where, when I look back on it, I, I don't remember so much kind of good times, and we were good friends, but I think of this constant kind of shame and guilt of always being on the boundary. Um, and when I met my wife, so I actually asked her out, in George, her parents lived down the road, um, kind of look, overlooking the sea. It was at night. It was her 21st birthday. It was this incredible moment. The stars were out. I sang a song. I wrote a song for her. Uh, I sang it to her. Picnic blanket, everything. Asked her out. She said, yes. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. And then I leaned forward for the first kiss with my now girlfriend. And then I met the stone wall lips, like the, the most firmly closed lips like you could possibly have. It was the most awkward kiss in the history. <laughs> in the history of, of mankind and kissing. And um, it was just this moment where we're like, okay, we, we, I guess we need to define this. Um, and uh, so um, there we, we started to speak about, okay, what is this relationship going to look like? Um, and, um, and we decided to go the route of friendship. And I cannot explain how incredibly blessed and rewarding that was. Um, and that's what I, I want to encourage anybody here who is single, uh, anybody here who is dating, just go for friendship. Um, because at the end of the day, 11 years later, well, it's longer with our dating, um, she's my best friend. She's the only, she's the one I, I most want to tell about my day and the one I, I most want to spend time with. Um, and the, the physical stuff, when we, when we get that going too quickly, it, it just awakens things that shouldn't be awakened before, before you're married. Um, and I, um, I don't recommend watching Friends, but there's a line from Friends that I remember so well. Uh, I think Joey said to somebody else, Ross, maybe like, you're so far over the line. The line is a dot to you. Um, I, I don't know if anyone remembers that. And so, like, in the positive sense, that was what our relationship. The line was so far from us, it was a, a dot. 
Like it was, we didn't go anywhere near the line. We just, we kind of, we held hands for, for our entire two years of dating. And it was just incredibly, so when I look back on that relationship, it was just, it was friendship. And that's one of the core uh, reasons God puts people together in marriage is for friendship. Because that's how you're going to achieve the purposes of God together as a couple is through friendship, through godly friendship where you learn to lay down your life for one another. Where It's not about what can I get from this relationship, but what can I give uh, to the other person. Awesome. That's good. Um, I think, James, as long as I've known you, so I, I knew James back in Stellenbosch. Um, James was the, the worship pastor of of Shofostel, but you've been with Show, you've been with them for 17 years now, eh? Um, crazy long time. So when I was there, James was already part of the furniture. Um, his wife actually taught me to play the keyboard, key chords on a keyboard. Um, I, was, I was telling him, I was showing him the first song she taught me to make to do the other day. Um, but James, as long as I've known James. One thing that anybody will tell you who's known him for a long time is that when James gets on the stage, there's a pure heart of worship, okay? Um, there's a purity of heart. So, James, I, I want to hear from you. How do you go from, um, from a worship leader, okay? So, you, um, that's on stage almost every Sunday. Many people are, are watching how do you go from from that stage and still keep that heart to turn towards God, not letting the stuff get to your head, the crowds get to your head, the people getting to your head? I'm probably going to cry. I'm, I'm a cry. Let me say that firstly. For people who... Uh, I'm, I'm new to... <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm new to George, but just get, re- get, get used to me crying. Okay. Um, but uh, I actually got a voice note from a friend uh, this afternoon, which just meant so much to me, like a young guy. And um, we had a coffee date probably four or five years ago, and uh, he's in Stellenbosch, and he just said, he just wanted to thank me, because apparently in that coffee date, he, he was going through a lot of stuff. His mom was very sick with cancer, and a lot of stuff, struggling with church, like uh, where's his place in church and doctrine and all of these things, and he was like really struggling with a hard heart. And um, apparently I said to him, start every day at the cross. Like, start every day with a revelation of the cross. Um, and it was just really special to me to hear that I said that four years ago and well, five years ago. And, and that's literally, I think that's the, that is the cure to any form of pride. Because who can be pride, proud, proud, prideful at the foot of the cross? When we are constantly in revelation of just how great our need is for Jesus, how desperate our need is for Jesus, and the fact that he saved us despite us. And that's the other thing about, um, the beautiful thing about marriage and uh, children is it exposes your weaknesses like nothing on earth. Uh, My wife is a very easygoing person. Uh, She's like very go with the flow. So kind of getting married, you know, I was still very much in a comfort zone. But man, when the kids came along, and suddenly my life has to fit around them. It's not like the world fitting around my, uh, around my agenda. And you really learn what it means to, to lay down your life for somebody. Uh, and you think you get it right with the first one, and then the second one comes around, and you're like, oh, I still haven't died to self. So I'm a little bit scared what the third one's going to do in June. I'll probably just be weeping the whole, the whole time. 
Um, but uh, but I, so I am very aware of my weaknesses. I'm very acutely aware of the places where I mess up and where I, I don't get it right. And I think, so for me, no matter what your platform, where you are, it's staying in that place of absolute gratitude for what Jesus has done. And staying in that place constantly, consistently, day by day. You know, I know that my heart is hard when I don't have a revelation of, of, of the cross. And when, if I can sing a song about Jesus dying and I can just kind of sing the words, you know, then I, I, I realize that there's some searching in my heart that I need to do. I need to come back to have a revelation of just how great the love of God is, is towards me. So staying in the cross. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I've got one more question. So, James, I, I think from what I'm getting from you is that the, there's the love of God, which is, I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. It, 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 from what I can see, just in your humility, it's something that consumes you. Because when we're talking about relationships and we talk about boundaries and we talk about you know, um, being friends and waiting and not awkwardly trying to make out with a girl on the first date. Um, um, and, I mean, and the, the question I get from a, lo a lot of young people is, well, why? Why, why, should, why, should I, why should I have so much consideration for this love that is so fragile, you know? But I think, I think there's something there from what I'm hearing from you about that the love, the love of God is so worth it that I wouldn't want to mess that, that up, okay? So my last question to you, James, I think, um, you know, every, let's, let's play this scenario out because it, it sometimes happens with me. You know, a guy comes to me and says, uh, Luke, you know, um, why is it wrong for me to sleep with my girlfriend before we get married? Or, or let's let's even let's not even take it that extreme, you know. You got a guy and a girl. They're going away for the weekend. They love Jesus, um, so but they're going to rent out a place together, okay? And they say to me, "Oh, look, but don't worry, we're not doing anything. You can trust you." Okay? Uh, why would you caution against that, in your own words, James? Yeah, I've had this conversation with, with many guys over the years, and um, what's funny is that whenever I tell them my story and the awkward pursed lips experience that I had, and I say, like, just do the friendship thing, please, I, I beg you, I plead with you, do it, they'll go like, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm not as, maybe you're just not as self-controlled as I am, I will, we'll be fine, and I guarantee you, like, Nine times out of ten, those, those guys come back to me like two years later and they say, why didn't we listen to you? Um, and so I really want to, the, the reward of waiting, the reward of, of, of honoring God, it's, it's another way of worship. It's of, of saying, I'm not in this relationship for what I can get out of it. Because that is just the wrong direction to point your relationship in. If you're in this relationship and you're, you're in it because there's something that you're wanting to get out of it. Look, obviously, we, we're human, and we're, we desire a relationship, and that's a God-given desire. But if, if we're in this for what we can get out of it, whether it's physical intimacy or, or whether it's affirmation or identity or whatever it is, we're pointing our relationship in the wrong direction. And so I want to encourage you, if you are in that place now, 
it it's it's not something you wait for when you get married to start pointing your relationship in the right direction. The the we are Carla and I are reaping the fruit right now of the foundation that we laid when we were still dating. Uh, we, we see it in our children, we see it in our relationship, we see it in our friendship. And the other thing I want to say is marriage is hard. Uh, it's beautiful, but it's also hard. And uh, I think something that's been quite just difficult to see is, is a f- Christian friends who have gone through incredible like relational trouble in their marriage, um, even a very close friend of mine who got divorced recently, other very close friends, they, they, they kind of separated. And um, that's incredibly tough. And when you're young and Christian, you think that's never going to happen to us. Um, because I think we, we've got to, maybe we're sometimes a bit naive, you know, it, it can't happen to us. But I think that, that kind of dulling of the, of the heart and that hardening of the heart, it, it happens long before there's any form of separation or something. That happens way before the time. And so what I want to encourage is, Get the foundation right. From the beginning, it's Jesus at this, is at the center of this relationship. So we would, we would have long evenings just worshiping together. And we would have, and we, we, the amazing thing about that, when you take the physical out of it, you're forced to actually become friends. Yeah, you're forced into these awkward moments where we can't just fill up the time with kissing now. We've got to get to know one another. And Carla and I, we're both kind of awkward people. Like we, I'm, I'm an introvert. She's also quite introverted. And um, so we had to learn to communicate through these long silences that we couldn't fill up with whatever. And uh, that's how our friendship started. And that was the foundation that we laid and we're reaping the fruit. And don't, please, um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we had this perfect relationship and we're these amazing people. It's honestly the grace of God. But it started with from the beginning saying, Jesus, we want our our relationship to to honor you in, in everything. So it's not worth it, honestly, to to point your relationship in any other direction. When we got to our, our our wedding day and we were able to give ourselves as virgins to one another, when we were able to, <laughs> maybe this is a bit over the uh, too much information, but um, so before the wedding, she she had to go to the to the gynecologist. You know that before the wedding, they go for a checkup. And this woman, she asked her, like, how experienced are you sexually? And Carla said, no, nothing. She said, okay, but you've, you guys have, like, guessed and kind of played around. And like, no, nothing, nothing. And this woman was, like, shocked. She's like, go home and go do something, because otherwise it's going to be, like, this shock to the system when you get married. Um, but exactly the opposite. You know, there's just such a blessing that God gives when you keep yourselves for one another. Is that too much information? People are laughing. <laughs> Oh, all you single people are exposing yourselves. That's all I'm going to say. It gets real. Okay, James, thank you. Let's give James a round of applause. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Uh, so, so the great thing about the love of God is that there, there are aspects which you do have to wait for. Okay. But there are also aspects of the love of God that you can experience now, okay? The Bible says, oh, taste and see, right? Because, because we're talking a lot about waiting and why wait. That's a big question. 
It's a very valid question. Why wait? Okay, why wait? If I can get something now, why should I wait for something else? Is that something else better? Okay, so, and we are to, to say that the love of God is something worth waiting for. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Tune in again next week, and we hope you have a great day.